Hey, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today our guest is, drumroll, I need to get like a drumroll sound thing that goes in here. Brrr. Our guest is Christine Kane. Y'all, I'm so excited. Pretty much this interview consists of me asking a few questions and then just letting the woman go because she is so full of wisdom and inspiring words and the word of God. This is such a great interview and you guys are going to absolutely love it. She's going to talk about how our daily disciplines, like our morning routines, can prepare us and lay a foundation for when the unexpected comes into our lives. She's going to share a powerful story something that happened to her that was completely unexpected, but her foundation in the word carried her through. And then she's just going to share, you guys, all kinds of wisdom. The woman is amazing and you're going to love the Australian accent. So let's dive into our chat today with Christine Kane. Hey, Christine, how are you today? Hey, Kat, I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I wish I had an Australian accent right now. I, I was at a For King and Country concert last night, so I just feel like you know, like I just need an Australian accent. Um, well, I'm so excited that you're here with us today. You know, one thing that's super important to us at Hello Mornings and to our listeners is just learning how to build a morning routine centered around Jesus so that we can then walk into our day full of him and, and looking for ways to influence the world around us. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your morning routine. I'm sure everybody listening is like, okay, yeah, I want to hear this. What is Christine? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a. It helps that I'm a morning person, I think. So that's uh, unreal. But pretty much, I've, you know, I've lived life uh, doing ministry on the road for the last thirty years. So I've had to develop fairly strict morning routines, despite jet lag um, and despite what continent I'm in. So I pretty much now I have to admit, um, since I've been married, my my husband does bring me my first cup of coffee in the morning. So that's a great I, way to start the morning. It really is. So he he does that. So I do have two shots of espresso. I don't know how good that is. I do then have a green drink, but I do uh, put a base level of espresso into my bloodstream, um, and then I love the word. So no matter where I am, um, I will get the word in me. I'm not like a uh, disciplined daily journaler, but I am a disciplined daily word girl. And mm -hmm. so I um, pretty much this year, and I mix it up a, a lot. This year I'm doing uh, the Bible in a year. I haven't done that for a while. The New Living Translation, I like to mix up the version that I'm going through so that it just keeps it fresh for me. Um, and that way I can make sure that in my devotional life, I'm getting through the Bible in a year. And sometimes, and I'll mix it up too, between listening to it on the audio Bible and reading it um, in, you know, the a paper Bible. And then uh, pretty much I'm on the elliptical, rain, hail or shine. I'm either out for a jog. I'll do 45 minutes of cardio um, every morning, six mornings a week, uh, no matter where I am. Okay, so this is the thing that I'm really curious about is that so many of us that are, you know, just don't travel like you do. We struggle with those changes when the holidays come, when we do travel, when somebody gets sick, your life is full of travel and full of changes. How have you built that consistency of your morning routine in the midst of all the changes? And I'm sure you have different schedules even every day. Yeah, I do. A very different and different speaking schedules and different um, time zone. But, you know, it's just the non-negotiable. I made up my, my mind probably when I was 25. I'm 51 now. So this would be for the last 26 years that um, the non-negotiables were 
the word and exercise. Because if I was going to do this for the long haul, um, I, you know, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and it's what carries the word of God to people. And I reach, by God's grace, you know, millions of people a year. If I want to keep doing it, I'm not getting younger. Um, I have to be stronger. And I think when I was in my early 20s, I read in um, the scripture in Joshua chapter 14, when Caleb said to Joshua, he was 85 years old. He said, I'm as strong now as I was then when we first came into the promised land. And he was 45 at the time. So now we're talking 40 years later. Um, He was still full of passion and zeal. And he said, now give me this mountain that's my inheritance. And I remember thinking back then, I want to be an 85-year-old super granny for Jesus. And so if I'm going to do that, it's not just based on how much word I have. It's based on how strong I'm going to be to continue to proclaim that word. And so I knew then that if God chose to put his spirit into this holy temple, he must really care about this temple. And so then I had a responsibility to keep it fit. So, you know, I mix up my exercise routine, but I, I run, do the elliptical, I do weights three or four times a week. Um, but I, I, when people go, well, you know, what if you don't feel like it? I stopped asking myself decades ago how I felt about it. Because if I listened to how I feel about it, I would never do it. I would yeah. sit in bed every day. I love that. So like actually our our motto at Hell Mornings is God plan move. We want to fill ourselves with the Lord and connect with his purpose for our lives. Plan our day around whatever his purposes are and then move so we have the energy to do the things that he's called us to. So you just totally gave us a little pep talk for that whole move <laughs> part, which so often is a distraction to people because we think that fitness and exercise is about a size on a scale or fitting into a certain outfit or whatever. But really, it's about having the energy to do the things that he's called us to with excellence and joy. And so I love how you just nailed that. Well, it is, Kat. I just believe if you want to reap energy, you have to sow energy. Mm. There's no other way around it. Okay. So honestly, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the consistency, into making it a non-negotiable. What made you decide this is a non-negotiable because I just think this is this is the crux of, of everything. We can so many people start morning routines and it lasts for a little while, but then things come up. How did you what made you decide this is what I'm gonna do every day no matter what? Well, I just knew that I wouldn't make it without it. Mm-hmm. Um, because everything else in my life changes all the time. So you need to have a few things that are not going to change that are going to enable you to deal with the things that do change. And so I think it's a no brainer in terms of, um, if I want to grow spiritually, right. you've got, you've got to be in the word and you've got to be in the presence of God and you've got to mix that up. I mean, some people, they are, uh, the way what they do in that time with the Lord just doesn't change. But you know, in the same way that I've I'm married to my husband now for 22 years uh, in a couple of days, and so we are so um, close and intimate. But how that outworks itself daily is entirely different. Um, so I like to keep my relationship with God fresh in that way. And but as but the non-negotiable is that I have that time with the Lord, whatever that might then um, become like, because I I've just lived long enough to know that if you negotiate on some of the big rocks, you are never going to actually end up. You're not going to run your race and finish your course. I've seen too many people um, taken off track, too many people just quit. And I always say it's not how much you do for God that will exhaust you and cause you to quit. It's the things that you stop doing. So if you stop 
your spiritual disciplines. And I think very much um, if you feel unhealthy, you can't do it. A, a lot of times we give up and we don't keep pressing in to fulfill our purpose. And it's all—it's not a spiritual issue. It's a physical issue. It's because we haven't paid attention to our physical body and our health and fitness. And I uh, just realized very early on that if God gave me this body and chose to put his Holy Spirit in my body and to seal me with the Spirit of God until the day of redemption, then I have a responsibility to the best of my ability and within the realms of um, the health industry and the medical profession, do everything I know to do to keep this body operating um, according to its maximum potential. And by God's grace, you know, I'm 51 and a half and I keep a schedule more full on than women half my age. And I I'm telling you, it's not because, wow, I've got a special personality type or I've got a super Holy Spirit anointing. I think a lot of it is just flat out. I'm fitter than a lot of people. <laughs> well, and I think those non-negotiables too, because then you're not wasting your time and your energy trying to decide if you want to, if you feel like it, or if you're going to today. You've already made that decision and they're just kind of habits. Yeah. Well, so you don't ask yourself. That's right. the, uh, If you get out of the habit of asking yourself how you feel, because you've already decided what you're going to do, despite how you feel, I think you, um, you've gained half an hour straight away that right. you just wasted in your head. <laughs> what would you say to the woman? Because you talked about sometimes we just stop. And Sometimes we stop because we're, we're just tired or whatever, but sometimes we stop because we're overwhelmed by the guilt of, hey, I failed. What yes. would you say what, to the woman who feels like, you know, I let God down? I was going to read through the Bible this year, but I got stopped, you know, back in Genesis 1. What yeah. would she say to her to keep going? Yes, I think it's just that um, understand that God's God and we're not. And he is, I, I just don't put the pressure on myself to have to hit the ball out of the park all the time. Like if I get behind in my one-year Bible reading plan, you know what, I'm going to read three days worth the next day. And it's just like, you know what, it's okay, Chris, don't, don't come down on yourself. I think um, we have to just make a decision to love ourselves and to be kind to ourselves in the same way that we would be with somebody else and understand God is always more gracious with us than we often are ourselves. I don't have unrealistic expectations. I have non-negotiables now, so that doesn't mean that um, I don't ever fail. It just means that I my non-negotiables help me get back up when I do fail. I think that's what the, the issue is. And I, I just, I think if you settle the fact that God is good. God does good. He's a loving father. He's a good, good father. You just kind of go, okay, shrug your shoulders and go, let's get back up and keep going. And I think you need to learn to be kind to yourself and take the pressure off yourself to try to have to be God. And I think it's a it's a really liberating thing when um when you really have a revelation that only Jesus is Jesus and I'm not. I'm being sanctified through and through. I'm trying to hit the mark, but I know that I'm not going to, and that's okay. I, I think he's just like my kids. I, I get so excited when they try. I think God just gets really excited that we're mm -hmm. getting up and saying, you know what, I, it's my intention and I'm doing the best that I can today. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. So do you have a specific song that gets you going in the morning, or do you even listen to music? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I listen to a lot of worship music. Um, and, you know, so that really gets me going. Of course, I'm from Hillsong Church, so I love all of our <laughs> Hillsong. Um, I, I love elevation worship. I love passion music. I mean, I think there's just such a great, great uh, plethora. But I need to tell you, as you're talking to me now, I'm getting up 
my playlist because I've got some um I've I've also got some kick devil butt I've got different playlists. One's called Kick Devil Butt when I have to get up and just feel like, okay, let's let's go and take the enemy out and charge hell with a water pistol today. I've also got what I call my Chick Power playlist, which has got, you know, Shake It Off with Taylor Swift, <laughs> Set Free with Sia, um, Fight Song with Rachel Platten. Oh, I love that song. You know, Raw with Katy Perry. And I've got Rise Up with Andra Day and um, Feel It Still with Portugal. I've got some some things that are just like, you know what, I'm getting up and we, we need some chick power today. We need some kick devil butt today. I think sometimes you've just got to, you know, get some music and get yourself in the mood if you need to. But I love the fact that you said that even – you know, on this podcast and this community, move is a big word. I honestly think if you get moving, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you just uh, it just helps. It gets all your endorphins. It gets everything going, um, and that's very important. And sometimes um, you need to just get a song on, pump it up, and get your body moving, and you'll be surprised at how you physiologically you can just change your whole mood. Mm-hmm. And then I loved how you mentioned sometimes you read the words, sometimes you listen to it. So even if you know if you're listening, even if you just need to get up and get moving, listen to some worship music, and then just put on the audio Bible and just fill your fill yourself that way. There's so much power and so many different ways we can do stuff when you're talking a minute ago about um, kind of changing it up with the Lord. It's kind of like exercise, too, that we if we lift the exact same weights every single day, we don't grow. And if, totally. what if we change it up, uh, then we keep our muscles challenged, we keep ourselves thinking. And I think it's the same way uh, we can get a little stale in our routine if it's too terribly routine and we rely on that more than uh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because the benefit is what does the routine do for me? So when I go into the gym and I'm lifting, it's because I want a certain outcome. If I'm no longer getting that outcome, um, then I've turned my routine into an idol rather than the objective of the routine, which is Jesus. And that's why, you know, when you do what I do, I mean, I preach and teach for a living. I, I... um, have got to mix this thing up so it comes alive. I love going for a jog with the audio Bible because I just hear things that sometimes I don't see when I'm reading and I hear it in a different voice and I hear it in a different version. And I'm telling you, some of my greatest revelations have come by listening. I'm really glad. I mean, this year I've really gotten into the audio Bible because I just knew I needed to shake some things up. So all of this stuff, all these routines that you have, all this this lifelong habit of just immersing yourself in the word has kind of laid a foundation for unexpected things that have happened in your life. And you had kind of a big unexpected thing happen not too long ago. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And um, yeah, just, just start there. Sure. I've had so many. I'm, I'm thinking you might be referring to the, the cancer yes, story. Yes, yes. Okay, yes, okay. Because I think, wow. When There's a lot. Start, <laughs> our life is one big day of unexpected. But, um, yeah, the, the day that I got the phone call, you know, with the words that nobody wants to hear, Chris, you have cancer, um, nobody's expecting to get that kind of diagnosis or report. Um, and so I think I, I always say that, Unexpected news often tends to reveal what's in you. Uh, And I think even my response to that, and my life has been full of unexpected. You know, I found out at 33 that I was adopted. I didn't know that. Um, I was left in a hospital. So it's kind of like I feel that um, my daily disciplines prepare me for the unexpected because life is just full of unexpected stuff, whether it's a, a medical diagnosis like a cancer 
diagnosis that I got, uh, whether it's a betrayal of a friend, whether it's, you know, the loss of a job, um, something, bankruptcy, you know, something not working out financially how you thought it was going to work out. Um, I think that the only thing that we can know is the character and nature of God and who God is. And out of that, that determines how we respond to all the unexpected things that happen to us every single day. But I think a lot of us, if we don't have our daily disciplines that get us really settled in the character and nature of God, then we try to avoid unexpected circumstances as if somehow we can control life. And we can't control life. And so what we should try to control is the only thing that we can, which is us and our relationship with God. Because out of that, that means when you get a negative prognosis or negative news, um, then you can expect that your God is going to be with you in the midst of your trial um, and you're going to stop trying to control your trial and you're going to start trusting your God in the midst of your trial. And I think that's the place we want to get to. Oh, absolutely. I love that. That speaks so much um, just about how that foundation prepared you for for that diagnosis. And I think that your response uh, was, was it immediately that you responded to your doctor, just the, the faith statement that you shared? Was that the same conversation in which he told you you had cancer? And yeah, then, it was. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. And and just that daily discipline, it, it sort of reminds me, I don't know um, how familiar you are with American sports, but right now it's uh, March Madness, which is a big college basketball tournament. Right. And uh, there's, a, there's a famous college basketball coach named John Wooden, and he like won more basketball games than anybody else. And his big thing was he never told his teams to win. Like winning was not the goal because that was an outcome he couldn't predict. His goal was the daily disciplines, the daily practice, the daily things that he did. And so I just love how what you're sharing just line, I'm a big sports person, lines up with just the facts, you know, sports and something just super practical and just how true that is across the gamut um, of our lives. So I, I'm 42. This I feel like you're is young. this- <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not that's not the response I usually get from my teenagers, but um this is definitely a season of life where I've so many friends encountering the unexpected. Their houses flooded by Hurricane Harvey, marriages falling apart, all of that sort of stuff. Um what what can you speak to them? Um and, and then honestly, other other women who are just fearful that the Absolutely. ball is about to drop. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your your, your thoughts on fear. And I think fear. that is life. And obviously um, that is why I wrote the book in this season because I think, you know, with social media, with 24-7 news cycles, um, we are all exposed to just more tragedy, trauma. We know in real time um, about environmental disasters, terrorist attacks, um, you know, changing social mores, political instability. And I think um, that's causing a lot of people to operate in fear. And yet Jesus knew we would be alive on the earth um, in 2018. And he's actually called us to be salt and light in the midst of it and to bring peace and love and grace in the midst of a cray-cray world. There's no doubt about it. So how do you do that? Um, and I think Jesus never told us we would not have trials. You know, he said when trials come, not if, but when. Um, you know, James says in this world you will have uh, challenges, trials, tribulations. So I don't know where we ever got a theology that we thought 
we were going to be exempt from pain, suffering, trials, tribulations. In fact, God called us to the planet at this time um, so that we could be his salt and his light and we could be his ambassadors on this earth. So I think Christians have to get very good at navigating um, a lot of the cray-cray that's happening on the earth today. And you can only do that from a place of peace and a place of trusting God. And I think when we allow fear to overcome our faith. There's a reason why God said, I've not given you a spirit of fear. And it doesn't mean that we are not going to be fearful at times. There's no doubt about that. But there are some things we have to just learn to do it afraid and where we have to allow our faith to override our fear by learning to nurture our faith. That's why daily disciplines are crucial. That's why being in the word of God, listening to worship, being around solid Christian friends, those daily disciplines are so important because they help us to navigate the inevitable fearful situations that we confront. And, um, you know, if we read the Bible and we believe the Bible, the world is not going to get any less cray cray. Things are just heating up. So God has obviously given us the power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So the, the tricky part is learning to get the spirit of faith that is in us to flow out of us into a lost and a broken world. It's your daily disciplines that enable you to do that. And um, so that in real time, your response becomes a response of faith rather than a response of fear. Now, you can only get that through practicing your faith muscle. So that's why normally the first things to go are our daily disciplines, but the truth is they're the things that are going to sustain you in the midst of what's going on in the world around us. So I think um, I don't fear what's the future, but I'm very aware. I mean, I help to rescue the victims of human trafficking. I have a global anti-trafficking organization in 12 countries. So there is so much evil and so much fear and terror that I see daily. I mean, the stuff that I don't even post online about some of the trauma that is happening out there, some of the evil in terms of trafficking. And I have a 12-year-old daughter and I have a 16-year-old daughter. It would be easy for me to succumb to the fear and the evil and the terror on the planet just through what I do with helping to fight slavery on the earth today. Um, but when I can look through the lens of faith, when I can look through the finished work of Christ on the cross, when I know that ultimately we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth, that sky's going to split, Jesus is going to come back, that doesn't make me fearful. That fills me with faith that says, although I might not be able to fix everything today, I can do my part in my sphere of influence and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. I'm not going to live forever. So yes, I got a cancer diagnosis, but ultimately cancer cannot kill me. Life is going to kill me. If I just live long enough, I'm going to die. Death is the ultimate statistic. One out of one will die. I just don't want to die any sooner than I have to. So sometimes when Christians go, oh, no, I might die. I'm like, honey, you will. Honestly, just live long enough. It's going to happen to all of us. You should not fear dying. You should fear that you're not going to live the life that God put you on the earth to fit, to live. And so God, the scripture tells us in the book of Acts that God knows the times and seasons he sets us in. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is not freaking out about what's happening politically or environmentally or socially or morally. 
Um, you know, he's not, he's still on the throne and he has enabled me to live in this time on the earth with his wisdom, with his grace, with his love, and he's called me to reach a lost and a dying world. And so I'm up for that challenge, to be honest with you. I'm not running from the cray-cray in the world. I'm running into the darkness with the light of Christ. I mean, you know, the only purpose of light is to illuminate the darkness. We were born for these days. And so I think that's why I stay in the Word, and that's why I stay in worship. That's why I'm planted in church, and that's why I'm surrounded by great um, Christian girlfriends, because that's what helps me to navigate all the cray-cray in the world. Okay, I love what you just said there about how you surround yourself, what you consume. So we're surrounded by media. We're surrounded by the latest news, the latest thing. And I know it's so easy for so many women to turn on the news or turn on social media and just get inundated with all these different things. You know, say there's some big tragedy that, that's happening. They turn on the news and they just begin this downward spiral. How do they re just what's a really practical thing that they can do when they turn on the news, something fearful is happening and they start thinking about their kids or they start thinking about their family and they start that downward spiral of fear. What is just a practical thing they can do, a verse, um, something they can do to shift that just from a downward spiral to an upward spiral? Yep. Two things. Firstly, um, be conscious of your state before you turn on the news. You can control the media you consume. It doesn't need to control you. So I don't turn on social media or news alerts or the television before I've um, gone for a run or been in the word. So they're my non-negotiable. So already I'm in a, um, a different state when I'm turning it on. So it doesn't get to control my mood. I get to control my response to it. So I think first and foremost, um, don't you know, you are in charge of it. Just because it's on your phone doesn't mean you need to turn it on. And I don't have notifications on. I don't, I don't need to be notified every time, you know, CNN or Fox News or BBC wants to tell me something. I'm like, I will control when it tells me something if I want to hear it. So that's number one, how I can, I can filter what I read. The second thing is, you know, when you go, well, Christine, sometimes you're just driving and you're out and there's something playing on a TV and you didn't you weren't even looking for it um, I think at that moment I instantly so if I see a massive earthquake somewhere or a hurricane or a major disaster or a terrorist attack um, I instantly bring it to the Lord. It doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a dinner and I look up and, you know, you could be in a place where a TV and you suddenly see there's a terrorist attack or there's something. And, um, you know, with the, the other day, here's a practical example. I was driving home and I saw four helicopters, four police helicopters hovering very low, directly above one of my daughter's schools. Oh, wow. okay. So instantly, you know, of course, where is your mind going to go? Um, and I instantly began to pray and um, and declare things out loud, um, declare scriptures out loud that, you know, um, and and claim the protection of God over whatever was going on. And um, I prayed immediately. And then, um, you know, I've got my phone connected in my car to my – so I immediately called my husband and said, can you find out what's going on, this helicopter? So before – I didn't even turn on the news. I didn't turn on anything. I called my husband and I thought I'm going to have – 
so whatever I'm going to find out, I'm going to find it out the right way. Um, and I just then prayed and I pulled the car over to the side of the road. I turned off on a side street um, until my husband called me back to tell me it was something else that had happened very close to the kids' school. But I think sometimes to the best of your ability, you 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 have to choose when you feel, of course, your heart start racing, all the normal physiological things that happen, like when you see four helicopters hovering over your kids' school, um, you've you've got a split second to make a decision. Am I going to immediately take this to Jesus um, or am I going to start uh, bowing down to the fear and panic immediately? It didn't mean my, my heart did not stop racing until my husband called me back, but I made sure I stayed in prayer. And when I pulled the car off the road, um, I put on worship music because I thought no matter what, Jesus, I'm, I am, you know, like I just wanted to c- try to control the environment to the best of my ability. Mm, that's so good. I actually just read an article the other day about how we respond to fearful situations. And we have like, you know, the, the fight or flight um, response and how we just get super tunnel visioned. And so when, yes. when something dangerous is happening, we're not thinking about the email we need to respond to. We think about one thing. And so I love how you're saying it's our choice to choose what are we going to think about? Are we going to focus on the fear? Are we going to focus on Jesus and the hope that we have in him? So for the women listening, I know that there are just unimaginable situations out there that that they're going through right now, even as they're listening to this, what encouragement would you have for those women going through unexpected circumstances? Yeah, my, my greatest encouragement I think is, is the greatest promise that God's given us in the word, which oftentimes we overlook or minimize. But I would say for any woman going through any trial or tribulation or great challenge or heartache right now, the promise where Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes when God's not delivering us from something, but taking us through it, I think that if we can learn to take his hand in the midst of it, and sometimes I do that even, you know, I close my eyes and I go, okay, Jesus, you know, I feel like I'm on in hell on earth, but I'm going to take your hand because if you're in it with me, you're going to give me the cra- the grace to go through it. And I think don't minimize the promise of God with you. You know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because you're with me. And I think to the witness of God, it's not that he just came incarnate, you know, in Mary's womb and was born um, 2,000 years ago. He is with us now in the midst of wherever we are. And the witness of God means that the grace of God is going to help us to really, really get through that. I love that. That's so good. Christine, where can people find you online? Where can they get a copy of the book? I think you can get it anywhere books are sold and at Christine Kane, you will find me anywhere. I'm very hard to miss online. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Christine, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kat, for your time. You're awesome. All right. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amazing, right? Do you kind of want to talk with an Australian accent (laughs) now that you listened to her? I I know I did. That's kind of how I roll. But I hope you guys really enjoy that interview with Christine Kane. If you need more resources 
for your morning, you can head over to hellomornings.org. We have Bible studies. We have printables. We have all kinds of stuff that'll get you going for your morning routine and help you lay that foundation, those daily disciplines for when the unexpected comes into your life. I am so thankful that you took the time to join us today here on the Hello Mornings podcast. Again, my name is Kat Lee, and I hope you're going to join us next time for our next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. is quiet But I've set aside this time for you I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet news This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com. <laughs>